Good morning, everyone. Just today, to start my homily, I'm going to go over a little short recap of what's been happening this last week in our uh, liturgical, liturgical calendar. And so if you didn't know, on Thursday we celebrated the Feast of the Ascension. So Jesus has risen to his Father. He has ascended to his Father. And now we're preparing for next Sunday is going to be the Feast of Pentecost, which is the descent of the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the Gospel that I read today is the last chapter in the Gospel of Mark, kind of giving us a short recap of what has just happened. So Jesus has risen from the dead. He appears first to Mary Magdalene, and then to the two men who are walking to the road to Emmaus. And they came to the apostles, and they basically told them, Jesus has risen from the dead. And so they did not believe them. So Jesus is not very happy about this. So Jesus, he appears to the 11 apostles, and he basically tells them, how could you not believe Mary Magdalene? She is one of my disciples. You know she was at the foot of the cross. How could you not believe her when she told you I rose from the dead? And same thing for the other two disciples whom they knew. They went to the 11 apostles and they said, Jesus rose, we saw him. And they still, they did not believe them. So one reason why I love the Bible so much is because it's very honest about the failures of the apostles. You know, a lot of times we read about the lives of the saints, and it doesn't really tell you that much about their faults, about their sins, about their failures. But let the 11 apostles who he chose to be apostles and martyrs, when people came to them and told them Jesus rose, they did not believe. And so Jesus says it's because of the hardness of your heart. And so ultimately, Jesus was testing them to see if they would believe simply by hearing by hearing, without a miracle. He's testing us sometimes, all of us. Are you gonna believe when you hear the gospel preached to you? Are you gonna believe? Or are you only gonna believe if you see signs and wonders or if you see Jesus himself? Will you then only believe? So this could happen to all of us in our life and, I, and it's important to know that there are times in our life where we're not always going to feel and see God's presence. You know, when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, like some of these little kids here, when I used to go to church, when I was like 11, 11 years old, I loved going to church. Church felt like going to Disney World. Every single day was like literally going to McDonald's Play Place or something like that. I loved church so much that like, because I felt the Holy Spirit, because I knew God was in this church. And so, when we're young, when we first start our faith, God speaks to us in consolation, giving us his presence, giving us signs of his presence, giving us little nudges, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But God is not always going to do that. That's some way, sometimes where he starts your faith by maybe giving you little signs of his love, knocking on your head, I'm here. But then ultimately he basically says to everyone, he's like, are you going to follow me? when I stop giving you candy, when I stop giving you signs? Is your faith gonna run out when I stop just simply popping in front of you and doing miracles, and are you gonna keep following me? So it's the same thing like any relationship, like any marriage. 
a marriage is not when you first met your wife or you first met your husband. It's never like the first day you met them. But your love should grow, right? Your love is going to grow differently. It's going to grow through suffering. It's going to grow through patience. It's going to grow through prayer. And so that's what the Lord is testing the apostles. The other part that I wanted to mention, so he's testing all of us, where's our faith? And the other part I wanted to go into is, Jesus says that certain signs will accompany those who believe. You'll cast out demons. You'll heal the sick. You'll raise the dead. You'll pick up serpents and you'll drink poison and you won't die. Please don't drink any poison, please, and to test that theory, okay? To test that. Please don't drink anything like that. I'm not going to go pick up any snakes. I don't think I'm going to be picking up any rattlesnakes, any snakes. So what does Jesus mean when he says these signs will accompany those who believe? So it's important to know that whenever we read the Bible, you have to look at the Bible, the whole thing. If you only look at one part of it, you will not understand it. Because clearly, I don't think most of you here, how many, raise your hand if you would pick up a serpent. Would you pick up a snake? Maybe some of you? You? Would you pick up a snake? No? No, right? No, don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, so does that mean I'm not a Christian if I don't pick up a serpent? Does that mean I'm not a Christian if I don't pick up the snake and drink its poison to see if I'm going to make it? Does that, does that what Jesus wants me to do? No, right? No. So what is Jesus saying? So if you look at the letters of St. Paul, St. Paul says every Christian has a gift. Every single person has a gift. And he says just because you don't have a gift doesn't mean that you're not part of the body of Christ. He says some will do miracles. Some will heal the sick. Some are going to prophesy. Some are going to be teachers. Some are going to be administrators. Some are going to do works of mercy. Some are going to help the poor. We should all be helping the poor, but some have a special gift to help the poor. So, St. Paul says you should strive eagerly for the spiritual gifts, but not everyone is going to have the same gift, and not everyone's going to have every gift. And so, as we're preparing for Pentecost, we should be praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, I think, I really believe the reason why more people aren't healed miraculously in our community is because we never ask God to give us these gifts. You know, we never ask Jesus to give us the gifts. Well, maybe some of us do, but we don't always ask consistently, Lord, give me the gift of healing. I work as a nurse, but I don't have the gift of healing. Lord, give me the gift of healing. Or let's say you're a teacher, catechism teacher, communion teacher, or teach in school. Lord, give me the charismatic gift for teaching. Asking the Lord to really bless the gifts he's given us. And so that's why St. Paul says, strive eagerly to receive these gifts. One other thing. When Jesus says that we can cast out demons. And so after the apostles, when he sent them into villages to cast out demons... Jesus warned them, he says, don't, don't be so happy about your spiritual gifts. He warned them, just because you have gifts, he said to them, don't be happy because the demons are subject to you. Be happy because your names are written in the book of eternal life. He says, be happy 
because of what I've done for you on the cross, that I've given you the grace of salvation through baptism. He says, be happy about that. Don't think you're so amazing because in the name of Jesus, you can cast out demons or you can heal the sick. He says, be amazed and happy about the fact that Jesus has saved you by his grace. And so he warns us in the scriptures, he actually says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who casts out demons or everyone who does mighty works in my name. He says, some of you, will, I will say to you, depart from me, I never knew you. And so it's very important that we strive to have gifts if we're really praying about them and discerning, should I have this gift? But if God gives you a gift, don't become prideful and think, well, I'm just going to go to heaven because I have these amazing gifts. Because Jesus says, be happy that I have saved you. And so, and so now some practical things so, that we can do. So how do we prepare for Pentecost? So Pentecost is next Sunday. I want everyone in this church to pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there are a lot of different gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're listed in different places. You can read them. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, there are seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gift of wisdom, the gift of understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord. Now, St. Paul talks about charismatic gifts, miraculous gifts, the gifts of healings, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues. You can pray for those gifts in the, letters, uh, the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. And in the, chapter, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, he talks about the gifts of administration, teaching, leadership, mercy, etc. So during this next week, it's okay if you don't pray the novena to the Holy Spirit. If you can have time to do that, pray the novena to the Holy Spirit. But pray to receive these gifts. Because, Saint, because Jesus is basically what he's going to do after his ascension. He tells all the Christians, go to the upper room in Jerusalem and pray. He doesn't say to them, just go out there and preach. He says, first, go to the upper room in Jerusalem and pray, and I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. So after he sends them the Holy Spirit, they're transformed. They're transformed. They preach boldly, and they preach with miracles. And so a lot of times, sometimes we're just living our life, and we're not really thinking, I need the gift of the Holy Spirit. I need to be sharing Jesus with others. But I, how can I do that? It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. So today, I want everyone to pray in this church to prepare themselves to receive the Holy Spirit. Because whenever we pray with the church, when we're praying with the liturgical seasons, we ourselves can experience what the apostles experience. Maybe not exactly always the same way, because we need to enter into those gifts. All of you are churchgoers. You come here every week. I see you every week. But if, it, if not you, then who is going to preach the gospel? And when Jesus says, go preach the gospel to all nations, who is it? Me? I can't go to every single one's doors. I can barely walk to the Keurig sometimes in the morning, okay? Who's going to preach? Who's going to go knock on doors and others and share the... You. You, you are the faithful who come every single week to church. And so you, in a unique way, are being called to share Jesus with others. It's absolutely necessary. Jesus says to every single one of us, 
share Jesus. When you see your cousin, he's living in sin, what do I do? I say, Habibi, come to confession. Okay, knock on his head. If I see my cousin, all he does is drink and do drugs. If you're not the one who's going to knock on his door and be Jesus to him, who is going to be doing that? So everyone in this church today, I just encourage you all to pray for the Spirit of God so that we preach the gospel to everyone. Amen.